Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. or something that's the only time where i say just pause and we'll keep going okay. after let's leave this in in the pod yeah this is funny because i think it'll be funny if you hear an ambulance because then we can go sorry guys my career just died or something <laughs> like that <laughs> something really funny like that <laughs> all right i'm gonna start <laughs> welcome to total reboot the only podcast on the internet about movies i'm cameron james i'm joined of course by Alexi Toliopoulos. Cameron James, it is my pleasure, my privilege to be here after a hundred freaking episodes of this podcast. We talk about freaking reboots, remakes, and ripoffs. But today we're doing something a little bit different. Mm. We are in the midst of abridging episodes between mega series. We just talked about Nicolas Cage for a bunch of freaking episodes. Yeah. And we are moving off of Nicolas Cage to face a beloved actor known as Jonathan Travolta in our next mega series. And to celebrate 100 episodes of this podcast and to celebrate these two gorgeous men, we are joined by <laughs> our dearest friend, our closest collaborator. You know him as a former original Slater boy. It's the original Christian Slater, Henry Stone. Good afternoon. Did you say collaborator? Collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> our beloved collaborator. <laughs> That's a way to get around saying that we don't want to collaborate with you anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Collaborator. It's, uh, it sounds like... <laughs> You're including me in the, my... Yeah, um, it's like saying doll hairs. <laughs> instead of... Instead of doll, dollars. Yeah, instead of dollars. Like you go, hey, I'll give you a hundred doll hairs if you yeah. suck, suck my dingus. Yeah, he's a freaking head of a Barbie doll. Now fucking suck my ass, dude. Yeah. I wonder if anyone has a hundred ready to go. Yeah, in, yeah. Doll hairs. In, yeah. <laughs> dude, a scammer just oh, like dude. me. I've got a million doll hairs just hanging around this house. I I'm ready to rip someone I invested all my dude. money in doll hairs. <laughs> Everyone said, get Bitcoin, get crypto. I said, no, I'm getting fucking doll hairs. Yeah, doll I'm, hairs, gonna, I'm playing linguistic tricks on people. <laughs> I'm, I'm signing checks that I know I can get out of. Because the risk is too high. I, know, I need to know I can get out of these in a moment's notice. Yeah. I've got the best lawyer and he knows that if I say doll hairs, that actually do- will hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, so nice try. Try and get out of it. Try and get out of it, contractors. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good to be back on the POD. Yeah, yeah. it's been a minute Table since you've on had you on. I know. I don't think I've been on this one at all. I don't think I've been on. I don't think so. TR. Cause mm. I, and I know because um, this is uh, probably th- since leaving the blank slate. This is one of the first times that I've that we've hung out. F- had that dread of knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I needed we've to had, watch. <laughs> we've had bad votes with <laughs> you, dude, for a couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, I got you did some shit, and then I got my face off to try and, <laughs> and then you got in my face, and then we weren't happy about what either of us were getting up to. Um, no, the, the just having to watch. No, it felt like homework. I had forgot. I was saying to Cameron in the car over, like it was mm. fun to watch the movie, but mm. the dread of knowing that 
you have a um, <laughs> time and date set to have to like unpack and discuss yeah. something. Not something I miss, I got to say. Um, well, good because it hasn't missed you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been thriving without you. Yeah, dude, we've gone from strength to strength since you uh, left. Yeah, I know. I, uh, listened I know you to been... at the start of episode one hundred, <laughs> and I heard that um, you were going to go back and re-release all of the original blank slates. Um, should people choose to pay a fee to mm. listen to them? Yes, I was going to get your bottle of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, each do a diary shit, mix it together so you don't know who's is who's, <laughs> and funnel it into the one bottle for you. And that way we don't know who the freaking father is, dude, when you give birth to that little turd, baby. <laughs> I'm going to go Maury Povich with that. <laughs> um, yeah, but we are glad to have back. you back. Sorry we made you watch a movie. <clears throat> yeah, you was, you enjoy watching movies, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying terms, I think. on your own terms <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, because it is hard when you you get twenty minutes, half an hour into something, mm-hmm. and you immediately get bored, or you start zoning yes. out, and then you go, "Fuck, I can't believe I have to talk about this." What am I going to say? Yeah, oh you God. watch it thinking like, "Oh man, what am I going to mm-hmm. contribute?" What? Mm-hmm. And then you go, "Oh, I haven't listened." probably to the new version of the podcast since I left. So maybe <laughs> I should actually figure out what they're doing. <laughs> and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, okay, well, it's the same as the old version at least. So like, I know that I w- used to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh, but what if I've lost that je, je ne sais quoi? What if I'm... Well, I'm not so there glad to have know, sent you in a spiral um, the last week since we asked <laughs> you to do this episode with us. No, you asked me two days ago, I think. Oh, yeah, but it was... Or a, did I forget? Did I you don't ask remember. Me I feel ago? like we asked you a while ago. I don't know. Honestly, now you put me on the spot. I don't know what fucking time or day I asked you, dude. <laughs> I think, um, no, I think what's happened is that you... There was... <laughs> I think you've been we've been circling around something yeah. for a, a few months. Yeah. And um what were, I reckon we were maybe gonna I reckon I was gonna get in on Wicker Man maybe. Mm, oh yeah, so. that's or, right. And then that fell Wicker through Man. and then um Dude, listen, then we just, just had a hundred episodes. Me in, I off, threw yeah. you in the face off. I was like, We had a hundred episodes, I gotta get my beautiful boy back on here. It's exciting. The original <laughs> recipe Slater Boys had to reunite for one you, final time. You know, I couldn't even remember <laughs> when I was Listening to you guys yesterday mm. and trying to just like put myself back in this, I couldn't even remember what our theme song was. I All I can remember is the mother blanken blanken <laughs> blank slate. Yeah, Ugh. it took. I think it took me fifteen minutes of like mindfulness, like active remembrance mm. of not letting myself off the hook of like letting my mind wander mm. to force myself to remember that Clinton did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was nice to like walk down that sort of that, go down that memory lane. Um, I like to remember old podcast theme songs. Yeah, yeah. We had like two cereal. Oh. oh man! Scary. I only like to remember ones from our podcasts. Oh, okay. I blank everyone else out. But you got to how long, you played this theme song for like thirty seconds. How long is the theme song? Uh, seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. If, and if <laughs> we have like... an abridged version every now and then, <laughs> but usually the full one seven minutes. And this technically is still part of the theme song. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. We do consider the entire podcast a song. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. when people say, it's "Do you have a request for a walk-on song?" If I'm doing stand-up, I often say, <laughs> "Latest episode, total reboot, play it, <laughs> chuck it on, dude, <laughs> chuck the fucking Hellboy episode on, dude." Give them a bit of a context for who I am for an hour. <laughs> and you get on stage and you go, "Play it again, Sam." <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, and the guy's name's Sam. Hopefully. Based on the way most Sydney gigs work, they seem to be run by Sam's. So yeah. many Sam's out there now. That's a big... Oh, God, guys. Sam's, you got to quit. you got to quit. Mm. Every Sam should quit. Quit your job mm. no matter what it is, no matter what industry you're in. Make room. Quit. Yes. <laughs> Let the All new Sam's generation in. 
Exactly. But, and that counts for <laughs> Samantha's. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well. Samuels yeah. and Samantha's make room. Yeah, you're out of here. For Let the some... bricks, <laughs> dicks <laughs> and the... chicks. <laughs> Meme Sam or Samantha. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Face Off today. Whoa, Be- did you just reveal the name of the... Yes. I Whoa. I know I didn't build up to it very much. I want to just rip it off like a band-aid. Well, it's in the title as well. So yeah. like, what are you... That's true, but I didn't know we were talking yeah. about Face Off. I just had to guess that we were. Yeah, we had laid out a, a masterful scheme where we told people we were going to do John Travolta mm. and we had a movie that was going to lead us from Nicolas Cage to John Travolta, but we did not tell people what the movie was. Yeah. We got a lot of guesses, not a single correct one. Really? Yeah, we got a thousand guesses sent in to us. <laughs> All from wow. f- from four different fellas, all named Sam, <laughs> one named Samantha, but still a fella. Yeah. And they sent them in. They guess a lot of things. They guess like Punisher. They guessed, Broken Arrow. They guessed Broken Arrow. They guessed Wind Talkers. Mr. Deeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, one guy guessed Mr. Deeds. And we're like, what the hell is wrong with this? We talked about him for like five weeks. We're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But also in this like... Uh, intricate, very clever way of not revealing the title mm-hmm. of the film we were reviewing. I don't think we even said to each other what we were mm. reviewing. And so I actually didn't know what we were reviewing wow. until I had to just make a guess and go, I think it's face off. God, you're smarter than all the Sams and Sammies <laughs> out there, dude. You figured it out. Yeah. And I watched it this morning for the first time in a little while. In about, about a week. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I, I watch it every week. <laughs> Well, it's a wonderful tonic. It's part of my mental health plan. Yeah, your doctor, <laughs> your doctor prescribed it to you. It's like you, you got to see Doctor Wu once a week. <laughs> ten, re- ten reduced face-off DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have to start paying for them full price. Yeah, mm. I have to buy but a new DVD helps. every time. Yeah, because you always <laughs> rage, rage snap it at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's got to yeah. be fresh every time. Yeah, you know, it gets to the hour and a half point, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm cured." But then there's an additional 50 minutes. Yeah, and you're barely halfway through it. And you're like, ah! Mumbo number five star. (laughs) (laughs) Angry tool time. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you watched Face Off? Yeah, I think a decade ago. Wow. It's something that you just see in bits and pieces. Like growing up, I think... um, (laughs) In flashbacks. Was it on TV or was it just always on in some older brother's... Someone's brother had it. It's it's the older brother movie and I didn't have an older brother. So I was just too young, I think, Mm. to see it or be aware of it when it came out. Or for you to be the older brother only a face-off DVD. I wish, but yeah, I just was like 97, I was eight or whatever. And it just, it was over my head. So Mm. I think the first time I saw it was in the early 2000s. And I think that I'd... Felt this like pressure to see a lot of mid nineties actions. I think almost all of Nick Cage's Nick Nick Cage's back catalogue. I'll clean that out in the edit for you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think though it felt like I, I w- there was homework to do to for me to be a proper boy. Mm. So oh, I was a yeah. little bit stressed watching all these. Like yeah. everyone knew to talk about Con Air, mm. and I hadn't seen Con Air until like maybe I was fifteen or sixteen. Um, same goes with this. I feel like same goes with the other John Woo movie, Broken Arrow or whatever. Um, so I don't think I've ever really appreciated it necessarily. I've just like caught up to it. Mm. But you are speaking true to the pressures of being a young man in the 2000s of feeling you mm. need to see Face Off and Broken Arrow and stuff. Yeah. That is true. I feel like I was always two years behind something. Mm. Like I didn't see Fight Club until I was probably 19. 
And did this twist at the end fucking <laughs> blow your mind? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, where is my mind? <laughs> what? Yeah, that movie got me hell into the pixies. And then I said again, song. where is my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think Face Off and Con Air are two that are... I had an older cousin who was very yeah, insistent that I watched you're them. Mm. And I probably acted like I liked them more the than I ones. did. I still liked them, mm. but I would definitely be making sure I liked them, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, I was yes. going out of my way to be, like, quoting things from Con Air, <laughs> yeah. quoting Cyrus the Virus and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, it's I like, heard that you told your like mom it? you could eat a peach for hours as a brag. <laughs> yeah. I, I, said, I made the if mistake. I offered you to suck... <laughs> My tongue. <laughs> Would you be grateful? Um, she was not. <laughs> the lady weren't. To mama. Yeah, to mama. <laughs> mama. Oh, sorry. If you can hear that ambulance, that's just because my career just died. <laughs> I knew it would be funny if I said it. Yeah, and I just left it in probably. <laughs> probably just left that one in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had only seen this once before... Oh, probably like maybe seven or so years ago, mm. and I saw it like on a date, and I just it didn't connect with me at what, all. What like May the first? Yeah, I saw <laughs> like it on Star a Wars date. Day. Did we all saw <laughs> like it on Star a date, Wars Day, dude. but not exactly Star Wars Day? It oh, was God. May the first. Was it correct. September eleventh? May the fourth. Sorry, May, Star Wars Day. I'll, I'll retract my previous statement. It's not May the first. It's May the fourth. <laughs> yeah, but it was like Star Wars Day. I did see it on May the first, so similar to it, but. A couple days of days off. earlier. A yeah. few days shy of Star Wars Day. So I was like not in the right space. I was like uh, in my like head. like Star Wars. Yeah, Star not Wars in that Star right Wars space. is the right space. Yeah. It's the right stuff. A different space movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, in my head building up to a thing about Yoda and like Count Dooku and shit. So I just wasn't in the right frame of mind to see Face Off. <laughs> Watched it again yesterday. And then I watched it again this morning. What the fuck? Yes. You've given five hours of your life to this movie this I've week. I've given... Oh, plus, I watched the special features. I own this on freaking Blu-ray. A wonderful medium. When you say Blu-ray, of course, you don't mean Ray Romano with depression. <laughs> <laughs> or Ray Romano really going crazy on stage. Sakes are really... Really rotten. Or a Romano, like who has been building up a lot of sexual energy but mm. hasn't been able to release it. Well, that's regular, right? That's true. <laughs> Knowing him and freaking Deborah, their love life, good lord! But they've obviously fucked enough to generate some <laughs> twins and the so daughter, a, a daughter. beautiful daughter. Yeah. So that's great. Well, I think name is Sammy. I think she's a Samantha. Move over. <laughs> so you. What the fuck were we saying? You bought it on Blu-ray for yes. some reason. I bought Please it on Blu-ray because why. Snake Eyes is only available mm. on Blu-ray in a box set, a uh, double feature from a French-Canadian <laughs> a French-Canadian Blu-ray with face-off. So I owned it. And I want that to see Snake Eyes because it's a cage performance How much did you pay seen. for this? Probably $12. Maybe 12 French-Canadian dollars. And it paid for itself. Wait, 12 doll hairs? Yeah. In French Canada, they <laughs> use doll hairs as their currency. <laughs> and you can't get in trouble for that. He I've cannot. actually never seen Snake Eyes, but looking at the back of this double DVD, double identity mm-hmm. DVD. <laughs> That's what it's called, double identity. <laughs> Gary Sinise is in that movie. Yeah, your favourite. Oh, my favourite actor of Gary all time. Sinise is in He's there. He's a movie star. Carla Cuccino's in there. Yeah, also a movie star. Well, I actually think Gary Sinise, TV actor. Yes, I know he may be an Oscar nominee mm. for Forrest Gump. No, he's a movie star. He's a Forrest slump up on TV. John so, Heard. I had not seen John this since... <laughs> since Snake Eyes. I wish they remade it with John Heater. Oh, God. 
oh, let me roll. I actually have a similar voice. <laughs> <laughs> the impression of them is identical. <laughs> let me roll that dice. I'm rolling freaking snake eyes. <laughs> it's the same voice. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the chickens have large talons. Oh my god, Cage as Dynamite? Come wow. on, that's a fucking hit on the internet. Dude, someone in 2000. That. Yeah, that's like a funny or die sketch. <laughs> someone invent time travel, go back to the times of funny or die. Yeah. Get the fucking landlord in there and make a new vid. Make a video, Nick Cage as Napoleon Dynamite, and then watch the funnies roll in. Mm-hmm. If anyone votes die, they're fucking dumb as shit. They don't get metatextual humor. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely fell in love with watching this movie. Holy moly! With I, watching it, yeah. <laughs> with the experience I, of watching I know it. Henry talked about the experience of watching it as stressful, like homework. Mm. But I fell in love with the act of watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what were you previously in? In Lust. In Lust, I f- really loved to just think about it and just yeah. get all excited about it and stuff. But this time, I was like, no, this is a deeper thing. This isn't just some precious fling. This is a love that shall never end. Because it's interesting to me because you you have a deep connection with Jonathan Travolta. Mm, yes, Jonathan Travolta. And I think um, your connection with Jonathan Travolta is fandom that mm-hmm. borders on um, romantic feelings. Yes, I agree. I yeah. I'm not going to hide it. Yes, I think that my connection to John Travolta is fandom that borders on feelings of romanticism, feeling feelings of... You know, sometimes I look at John Travolta and I see myself and then I think I'm insane. <laughs> I'm at least self-reflexive enough to so, know that I'm insane. So this movie is genuinely f- for you then because mm. it's about there's someone else in this movie who's oh, looking at yes. John Travolta's skin. Gets to live in John Travolta's skin. But he's a little bit sickened by it. But you, yeah. that's still like a, um, I will an be out-of-body like, experience. It fits good. That you're able to empathize. You'd with. like yeah. to swap faces. I'd love to. You I think just, it'd be the perfect fit. I think <laughs> I think that our bone structure will be identical underneath our flabby skins. <laughs> but I hadn't seen this for years and I just I really, really enjoyed it. I think there's something truly movie magic about this. I, I agree, and I think that's why we need to dive into it. Let's do it. I've been uh, chasing this guy ever since I joined the force. He he has no conscience and he uh, he shows no no remorse. He's the mastermind behind numerous bombings and political assassinations. He uh, has a felony list a mile long, murder, arson, kidnapping, terrorism, you name it. He's the most dangerous and brilliant criminal mind I've ever known. I, for years, I've, I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every, every mannerism, facial tick gesture. I know him better then he knows himself and now after all this time I finally figured out a way to trap him I will become him Face Slash Off 1997 directed by John Woo in who? order to, <laughs> in order to catch John who? John, John Woo. Woo John Woo who? John Woo who this movie rules like <laughs> 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 In order to catch him, he must become him. An anti-terrorism agent goes under the knife to acquire the likeness of a terrorist and gather details about a bombing plot. When the terrorist escapes custody, he undergoes surgery to look like the agent so he can get close to the agent's family. Mm. 
Is that it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. What else is there to say about that plot? I reckon the final sentence could be, it rules. And there's going to be some freaking doves flying around. You're going to see a dove or two. You're going to see an explosion. And things are going to get psychosexual real quick. Very, very quick. Real quick. quick smart. Within minutes, things are going to get psychosexual in this movie. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is going to be offering up his tongue to be sucked mm-hmm. by stewardesses, who he then... Sh- Shoots, I think. Yeah, he yeah. does pop her in the head. But yeah. it's true, she was working for the right side of the law, so, you know. That's the best part about being an undercover cop or agent or something, is you get, is you get, get to make out with people <laughs> sometimes, and it's the job. Oh, for yeah. work, yeah. Yeah, no one can call you out on it. The missus yeah. can't go, why are you sucking that tongue early? And you go, you don't get it. I was undercover. I was undercover, dude. And it was fucking awesome. Undercover and underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and under the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start talking about our two main fellas, Jonathan Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. As I think that the what the magic of this movie is and why it works so much is because it really is like a traditional body swap movie where you have two s- superstars with like defined personas <laughs> as how you see them and how you understand like their acting styles to be. Like they've they've chosen the two correct people for this movie and like a traditional body swap movie like All of Me or Freaky Friday or something or Or The Change Up starring Jason Bateman and (laughs) Ryan Reynolds Reynolds. you know anything where two fillers piss into a fountain and they swap souls the original title for that was The Piss Up (laughs) The Piss Up because the piss goes down into the fountain and then goes up Up, the other fellas you read yeah like a piranha, one of those little yeah. dick fishes. <laughs> those little dick fishes. The yeah. Amazon dick fish. It's a magic fish. They never go into the science of it in that movie, but it's two little magic fish. <laughs> and what they do is they come out of the other, each bloke's dick, yeah. land in the fountain, kiss, and then and go then back upstream of the other. Into the opposite ones. Yeah. And the science and does it. check out. Yeah. Much like the movie Looper, if mm-hmm. you do lay down the science of the change up, yeah. it does check out. Primer. Looper doesn't do that. Uh, Looper and Primer. (laughs) Primer checks out for sure. Looper does check out because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is technically young Bruce Willis. (laughs) That's how he exists in this world. Yeah. Bruce Willis came back. I want to make it younger. I want to be on a sitcom when I was a teenager. (laughs) I'm going to go invent time travel and go back and do it. Uh, but I think that like the joy of this movie is that same body swap concept mm. that's just wrapped around this, uh, or it's like the design or the kind of wrapping for otherwise a very traditional uh, revenge action movie. Mm. And so that's where all the joy of this movie comes from, apart from like the incredible choreography, is seeing those body swap moments. And I'm always, like, watching this, I was so shocked at how convinced I was this time that it was Nicolas Cage uh, being played by John Travolta or vice versa. Mm. I think that there's, like, it's such a beautiful collaborative performance that they have together where it's like I'm always convinced that each time that who I'm watching is Jonathan Travolta wearing fucking Nicolas Cage's head. I read that um, they spent two weeks together learning impressions of each other for Mm. this. And I immediately was like, I would watch that movie. Mm. I would watch that documentary series. Vimeo web series, please. Yeah, Vimeo web series. Or it's like the trip and it's just them Mm. (laughs) doing impressions of each other. And doing impressions of each other. (laughs) I would fucking love that. Oh, that would be incredible. I can't, because they they would have had to decide on very specific things. Mm. And the fact that it's collaborative, I think, makes it better because it's not like... It doesn't feel too hammy. Mm. There's parts where um, 
where, like, especially at the start, John Travolta is really doing a Nick Cage impression. Yep. But then for the rest of the movie, it's just kind of like there, but not mm. too over the top. And I'm, I was very impressed with John, Jonathan Travolta yeah. he's, on he's this Christian Megatron Travolta. <laughs> Megatron Travolta <laughs> on this viewing. I thought mm. he came alive when he starts playing um, Caster Troy in the yeah. body of Sean Archer. Oh, truly he does. Because it's all about that walk. Apparently, like, he was like, he, he was the one that got on the horn to uh, Nicolas Cage. Like, listen, brother, I know that we're going to be a flick together and we've got to play each other. He's like, they started talking about it very early on. And his first thing was like, well, he's a villain. The villain's going to have a cool walk. And then the first day that he hung out with Nicolas Cage, he saw how Nicolas Cage walked. He's like, man, this is going to be the best movie ever. That's the walk for the villain. <laughs> and just like that whole thing of the way, like he kind of clutches the gun against his crotch mm. and stuff. He said like, mm. that was from him, like watching Nicolas Cage, like walking <laughs> in a weird way. He's like, I got to bring that into the character. So you can just like tell like how much fun, like it and a delight it is for these two guys to like be embodying each other's personas. Yeah. And I think arguably Nick Cage would be having the least amount of fun mm. because he has to just play like a stock standard hero. Mm. And he kind of, John Travolta in the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of this movie is just sort of a boy scout. Mm. He doesn't have anything identifiably unique or eccentric about him. But I think on this viewing, I kind of really appreciated Nick Cage's performance because mm. he gets to do all the dramatic heavy lifting in this movie. And I think it's some of his best acting. Yes, I agree. I really think the moments where he's kind of confronting his grief and trauma and he's sickened mm. by what he looks like now or dealing with the fact that his wife is living with his enemy mm. is some of the most great Nick Cage dramatic acting that I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he wouldn't have not had fun. Mm. You see, mm. I think that both roles are like pretty laden with fun. He just gets to flex all that sort of... Um, I think you described it as like an expressionistic... Mm. Um, tendencies in the form of like grief and like mm. second guessing this psycho choice he just like went straight in on um, yeah there's so many like wild outbursts that you get to see but they just play into the um, upset of like the the circumstances that he's locked himself away into true and um, I think there's like those beautiful moments like when th- when he goes to that prison and he starts like a prison fight in mm. there and there's moments where you can it's incredible what he's doing where there's moments where it's like his face starts to look like John Travolta's muscles are working behind his head when he has these moments of like realizing like, oh shit I'm being myself I have to be I have to be Caster Troy again mm-hmm. and then the moments of like the existential dread of realizing that and like he's spiraling moments in that scene I'm like what he's doing I couldn't imagine another actor pulling off the way that he does <laughs> I can't believe that you liked it this much. I yeah, really thought you were going to hate it, I man. I liked it. I would never stand by anyone describing anything in it as beautiful. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's I, a check I can't sign with, even with doll hairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm actually going to invest real money, in my opinion, on this one. Not doll hairs. I'm going to put some ancient Greek drachmes on this, dude. <laughs> and I'm going to put it in. This is Well, not ancient Greek. It's just the euro replaced it, but I don't have any euros, so... Got a couple of drachmes. Modern mess. Greek. Yes, yeah, a modern Greek drachmes. But um, I, I really, I bought the magic of it. I thought that this, like, I, I really was so convinced by this movie that every single time I was watching them, I'm like, oh, shit, no, that is just Nicolas Cage acting like he's John Travolta, acting like he's Nicolas Cage. I think they made a great choice, or John Woo made a great choice in making most of the stunts 
practical effects, mm. very little CGI in this movie because the idea of the movie is already so fucking dumb mm. and the title of the movie is so dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> that if it was if it looked like Hollow Man like we were talking mm. about in the car mm. you'd hate it it would it probably wouldn't even hold up you go yep. like oh it's just a f- big fake stupid movie but it really the special effect in this movie is just the acting of the two guys yeah the original special effect mm. chemistry between two movie stars two dudes two fellas <laughs> two beautiful Italian-American fellas from two separate dynasties coming together mm. to create something absolutely incredible. I think this is a testament to... I think it's a testament to John Travolta, this movie, because I I think John Travolta is a very collaborative actor. I think that's something we're going to get into as we talk about him through this series, is that he... Often he's in like two-handers or like movies where he has to share a lot. Like I'm thinking Greece will be one. We talk about this a lot where it's like him and a co-lead and it's a performance that kind of developed together in a way where he shares the screen with them and he kind of shares like the the burden of being a lead in a film with them in a way that I find is very exciting. He often has like great chemistry with his leads, his co-leads. I think there's something about like his process in working with another actor to create like a shared performance together. And I think that this is, there's no better example than something like this. I just, mm. I'm so excited by this movie now. Do you know what my, my probably my favorite moment in this movie mm. is when, um, oh God, how am I going to, uh, delineate, like separating the characters is going to be so confusing yeah. to talk about. But when Archer as caster mm-hmm. is in prison. Yes. And they go, someone's here to see you. You got a visitor. And he's in the room with those magnetic boots mm. on and the door opens and you see Caster as Archer mm. behind the door. I think that's one of my favorite... It's probably my favorite moment in the movie yeah. because John Travolta goes to fucking 12. Yes. and it's But it's like instantly funny and cool yes. and sexy at the same time. He kind of like, walks in he goes, damn, you're good looking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so enjoyable. I loved it. It was like fucking funny. I, yeah. I didn't. I forgot how funny the movie was. It's rough because I wrote that particular scene down mm. for myself as one that stood out because of the soundtracking choice. What was the music? It again? was just like quite whimsy laden. It sounded mm. a little bit like Six Feet Under or something. I thought, or like a few <laughs> steps back from yeah. like the Arrested Development motif. And I really like shook me because I think I guess they just had to make a choice. Like it was. Mm. It's a scene for like a very different experience for the two different characters. Mm. Yes. Caster in the body of Archer is like loving it because mm. he has the upper hand, and that's where the soundtrack is sort of skewed towards, I suppose. Perhaps that is because he's the one holding the power. But I also felt that um, Nick Cage was had to do so much there to like explore the horror that oh, Archer yeah. would be feeling, and that he was really disserviced by. The music, the music, like it, instead of like you described it as, mm. it was a really fun moment. But I was, I guess, because we. I'm not sure. We'd seen more of him in jail or something. Like that. Anyway, yeah. I was like, oh, they have just absolutely undercut <laughs> the Nick Cage moment there right, by he, making he kind of... He starts gagging like, and stuff. Nick yeah, Cage was, starts like, on, like he's going to be sick. Mm. It's, a, it's a pretty harrowing performance. Yeah, they have to, yeah. Mm. I mean, maybe they could have played it just with no music. And then, yeah. anyway. And just like the sounds of him retching and like... <laughs> someone off. having fun and someone having the worst time. I mm. guess when you, yeah, you're choosing how to edit that, how to present that, you've got to just go with one direction. But, mm. uh... It was um, 
Yeah, it was a big moment for sure. I think it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> it's a and, huge moment. And I love like this is a thing that Henry's talked to me a lot about, like the decisions that like John Woo very specifically makes when it comes to filming slow motion. Well, yeah, I, this in this film though, I noticed that my gripe with John Woo is that I have seen a lot of his slow motion be presented um, after the fact in the edit suite. He mm. picks it up, he <coughs> shoots at like twenty five mm. or twenty four or whatever, and then frames per second. FPS, frames per second. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was FAPS per second. Yeah. That's FAPS, PS. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. Yeah, PS, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he slows them down in the edit suite and that has always bugged me. In Mission Impossible 2, mm. more than any other movie, I yes. think it's, there's like so many um, sort of tension-breaking or world-breaking choices yeah. that happen in that film. I think late over the last few years I've been seeing people in Australia have fun with pointing out the fact that there's like EH Falcons in the mm. um, s- the chase sequences there, which might be a niche thing just for us that takes you out of it. But another thing for me is the those mm. slowdowns. But this movie I thought was a success of its slow-mo because I think it was all shot high frame rate. Mm. Um, and to my personal taste, um, well done. It was <laughs> definitely <laughs> pre-planned. <laughs> I just hate choppy yeah. frame rates. And I think it's a thing that's in particular with John Woo where you're like, you know you're going to be doing slow-mo. Yeah. We've seen yeah. every one of your other that movies. Was anything, I don't, yeah, this, one, this had so much slow-mo in it that I was just happy to see. Like when Cage gets uh, is arriving to the plane and is getting, he's getting his trench coat off, it was mm. amazing. And Oof. like... His, his, those, the guns revealed on his back. There was amazing. So if, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they just rolled slow, knowing that yeah. John might use it. They shot the mm. whole thing at sixty fps and slowed and yeah. sped it up. Possibly think, anything that wasn't a dialogue scene, I reckon they might have just mm. cranked it high. I think that uh, John Woo uh, is like this is his second Hollywood film after Broken Arrow, and so he's brought back. John Travolta and then he would go on to work for Nicolas Cage on Wind Talkers as well so like this is kind of like his crop like his ensemble of American stars Mm. and I think that the way that he made these two films Broken Arrow and this one it's really interesting because he doesn't direct them like it's very clearly him like he's a very singular voice auteur where you know a John Woo movie it's he's probably the auteur that's easiest to pick one of his films because it is more like symbolic stuff where it's over the top, it's exaggerated. But then stuff like The Doves and everything where it's like he's got hallmarks like Spike Lee or something where you're like, oh, that's a John Woo film because he's the only one that uses that technique. And this one is... It's interesting to see him become a Hollywood filmmaker on these films because these do feel like Hollywood movies. They don't feel like Hong Kong pictures to... Or like Hong Kong action films or Hong Kong crime gangster films. They do feel American and westernized in a really interesting way. And just kind of reading about John Woo and like obviously like he's a big Scorsese guy, he's a big Coppola guy and like those are his influences and kind of seeing him create this... It, it surprised me like how much it feels like his other films while feeling like a complete a complete ascension into like mainstream filmmaking and not just like what we would call at that time like international films or like foreign language mm. films or like what we just defined world cinema to be was very much like in the vein of John Woo as like a pioneer of bringing that to uh, like Western culture and like English speaking culture. This feels like a complete extension of that and an ascension into like Hollywood mainstream action filmmaking. Well, I gotta say, I don't really, I don't know too much of his work really, apart from maybe probably this and Mission Impossible. Mm. But also, 
what was action movie? What was the action movie style before him? I know that I've yeah. seen a lot of them, but I can't even fucking tell you right now what it was because in my head, almost everything I've seen since mm. the nineties looks like a kind of ape of John Woo's yes. style, like this sort of like the slow-mo stuff. The yeah, Wachowski's the Wachowski stuff. It. Even the Bruckheimer stuff, mm. like kind of took. Bits of this, yes. So what was it? So did we see big dumb stuff that like sort of was pinnacled in um what in Die Hard or whatever? But all throughout the eighties, we just saw big dumb stuff. Yeah, it would be Stallone, Bruce, Arnie, Arnie. where it's like strong. Where it's I would say it's more focused on protagonist, where it's just like a protagonist hero. And like maybe mm. there's a cool mm. villain, but not essential. And that it's like all about that kind of machismo. And whereas I think like he is really good at like presenting masculinity. And like you look at John Woo, and John Woo makes these very masculine movies, but there is like a satire to it all, or like an, an undercutting of masculinity. And you look at him and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Cause I've read this thing about John Woo where he originally wanted to be an actor and his dream was to become like a character actor. He's like, I want to be like a fun little character actor. Like kind a Bushimi. Like his dream was to be like a Bushimi. Like a Gary Sinise, if you will. Yeah, a Bobby Hoskins or something. <laughs> and he, um, and then he was like, oh, I'm not getting any attention because I'm not this tall, like muscular, handsome man. I'm like, a, I'm a guy that looks like, you know, Asian Bob Hoskins or something. <laughs> and so he, he, I think that he's always had like, this view of masculinity and like that kind of like that uh, that way of like how to undercut it, and I think that him bring this to like a Hollywood film, like that's the exciting thing, like that's the thing that's different because like yeah, like Die Hard, he's a normal guy in the first movie, but by the end he's not, and then mm-hmm. in all the other ones, like they're like they're not normal guys. There's Sylvester Stallone, they're Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though they're playing like a guy that like goes to prison or whatever, they are them, and I think in this movie, like you do have these two megastars and but they do have like this it's a very intimate movie like it's it is like these personal stakes between these two people the entire time Mm. like the opening scene is john travolta with his little boy with his little anakin skywalker hair on a merry-go-round and then nicholas cage with the mustache just sniping him the Mm. bullet going through him and killing his son and then it's like this personal vendetta between them throughout the whole thing and like every every interaction between people in this movie or like every t- relationship is built around things like that like then oh then he accidentally kills like the brother of Gina Gershon and stuff like mm. that played by Nick Cassavetes like all of that stuff every relationship involves someone else being killed and that's how the relationship builds around them and I think that's like he's creating like these very real stakes in those things so it's like an action movie where the stakes do feel earned because <laughs> People just keep getting their kids killed <laughs> All their <laughs> siblings killed and stuff I think that's like all what feels like John Woo And I was reading about this That this started as a spec script by these two writers And they're like we've got to come up with something cool Because they want to make like a, they want to make like a big 90s action movie But they were like thinking about like how they would do it How they would, they would elevate it and make it interesting And the ideas came from one of their friends Got in like a paragliding accident and had to take their face off and they had to like re-sculpt their bone around it and then two years later he caught up with his friend he's like i couldn't tell the difference like that's there's a movie in there somewhere oh my god that's such a disrespectful thing to do to your friends yeah it's like there's a movie there somewhere hey man i'm stealing a story for a fucking dumbass movie (laughs) and he takes his friend to the premiere he's like i want to suck my own tongue (laughs) (laughs) but then um then they were like the two writers were like 
well, what are the movies that we like? They looked at like Birdman of Alcatraz. Like, okay, we can do like Birdman of Alcatraz thing and um, White Heat, which is like a James Cagney movie from like the 40s where it's someone, an undercover person goes into prison <clears throat> and joins like James right. Cagney's gang. And then they made it a fucking sci-fi movie set in like the year 3000 or something, like set in the future. And it was all sci-fi and it was going to be Arnie and Stallone, very much escape plan yeah. in this high-tech prison. And then John Woo was on board and he's like, I can't do this. He's like, I want to do this movie. I like this idea a lot, but I'm too scared to do sci-fi. It's too far removed from what I do. I don't have the confidence to do that in, in my second language yet. And then they like, he left. Then there was like Rob Cohen came on board, like Fast and Furious, Mike Myers' friend, fellow Canadian Rob Cohen. He came on board and then he left to do whatever. And then they came back to John Woo. He's like, I, I can't do this still. I want to do it. And they just like, all right, we'll shave like 20 million off it by just cutting all the sci-fi out. And I think that's like, it's hard to imagine this movie as being this sci-fi thing now because I think it so successfully just has that one sus- moment or suspension of disbelief where they just go like, I got to get this guy. I got to get him. Oh, geez, I got to kill this guy. And then CCH Powder just going like, well, there is another way that you can do something well, for Well, I us. was saying to Henry in the car that... um. My, uh, I totally always forget that 40 minutes of this movie is set in this high-tech, crazy prison mm. that's on an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I forgot I was in an oil rig and I watched this twice in Where the last 24 hours. Where they have magnetic boots that lock them to the ground, which, by the way, are the same, they're the same prop from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Um, you can still smell them as Hopper's <laughs> essence on them. <laughs> You can smell John Leguizamo's gorgeous tootsies. <laughs> I think that John... Le- I, s- I read a comic that John Leguizamo had commissioned based off of his one-man play about his life. I might have given it to you. Mm. It was one of the most dog shit pieces of like literature <laughs> I've ever encountered. I found it on the ground in Paris. But um, <laughs> I think you I think gave it, it to me. I think you showed it to me. I was like, hey, I don't want this. I think he <laughs> may have tossed it. It's it called like Ghetto Clown or something, which uh, is the name of his show. But yeah. um, oh I think he was fucking heavy when he was down south in um, Super Mario Brothers. I think he was really? like getting his... like Planting a lot of Cooper seeds out yeah, there. Yeah, he was getting his little worm in a fair bit. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he met his like then lover or then wife on mm. that set and was getting into it. So mm. those boots are probably fucking yeah, C-U-M heard drenched. It, heard it was code. Oh, that's awesome. He's fucking Goombas and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that he was rooting. I can't even picture him rooting. I've never seen a sex scene with John Leguizamo, so... Well, read... Ghetto Clown, the graphic yeah. novel. Does he fucking that? He talks about he. There's some like <laughs> dumb like he's like yeah, and the sex was sick, bro, or something like. Wow. And then there's a frame of like his human Bob Hoskins high fiving <laughs> over a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi going down on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I always forget about this big chunk of the movie mm. that does feel like a hangover from a science fiction movie mm. because there's that big fucking TV that's just yeah. in on the, a whole wall of the prison. Oh, yeah. like LEDs. A, a TV. <laughs> like a Big Brother eviction night. That, yeah, like shows all the prisoners <laughs> the news mm. that I think is exclusively to taunt them. Yeah. All that shit is so crazy. Like it's na- it's showing nature documentaries and stuff that they'll never see again. And then it specifically shows Sean, Arthur, Sean Archer... <laughs> 
<laughs> diffusing the bomb and then yeah. like gloating to oh yeah <laughs> gloating to Castor Troy. Yeah. And he says he turns to the camera and goes like the ball's in my court. Intercepted <laughs> in this real Jim Carrey esque way. It's that feels like not reality at all. Mm. I, I I can't believe that that's part of the movie. Yeah. Also, can either of you tell me? I'm lost, and you watch it twice, Alexi. Yes. So maybe you know when 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 Nick Cage jumps from the sea prison into mm-hmm. the water. How does he get to the mainland? He rides sharks. Yeah. Deleted okay. scene. He rides Deleted sharks. He rides sharks. Yeah. Yeah. He can yeah. speak how, does to he, sharks. Do they say like cash, grass, or ass? <laughs> <laughs> It's in a scene and earlier on in the movie where he's getting his face off and he talks to that Canadian TV actor about how he's going to do his face. And he's like, well, you know, I've got this little chip that goes into your mouth and like you talk like him from now on. And oh, and also like if you, you can talk to sharks yeah. now using that. You're oh, a shark cool. tongue You're an Aquaman now. Yeah, it's got yeah. a shark setting on there so you can use that. Oh God, i got to press the button. He has to put his <laughs> finger down his throat. To <laughs> 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 click at the shark. But it's good because when he slightly gags, the um, spew that comes out is what attracts them. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, good, it's good. really, it's an absolutely flawless, clever design. <laughs> they knew that the spew would make it work. There's so many, like this is like an all-star cast, this movie. Like it's crazy mm. how many recognizable like actors there are. Like Joan Allen as mm. John Travolta's wife. I think that their relationship... <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine just, like, that's the name of her biography, <laughs> autobiography. Joan, Joan Allen, Allen as John, John Travolta's, Travolta's wife. wife in that movie. I think she's great in this movie. I love Joan Allen. Yeah, I like Joan Allen. She's she's fine. It's interesting and kind of cool to see an age-appropriate partner in a movie like this. Mm. I think that might be something that John Woo was able to bring to mm. it. Yeah. He, I, th- I read that he, like, very actively sought her out. Mm. Um, but what would John Travolta have been? I think she was 41. Would he have been around that? A John bit more? Travolta <laughs> is... He he's probably only a couple years older. Her 54 is when he's born. She's born 1956. 56. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, like, a... Um, what do you call it? A verisimilitude to mm. that casting in that yeah. she's not, like... What was... How old was Jamie Lee Curtis when she was playing... Schwarzenegger's wife like what in True Lies oh yeah that must have been an age gap not that much though right because she would have been like 18 in the 70s he would have been like Mr. Olympia I feel that I don't know. We should do a whole podcast. We're just Greece. guessing. <laughs> We're just guessing the ages of actors. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna say. I reckon I'm gonna say he's 61. Yeah. What now? Okay. <laughs> no. Um. In true lies. In tr- <laughs> <laughs> but watching the credits for this movie, like everyone has like a solo build. Like title, the first person to not have one has Margaret Cho on it, who's like a household yeah, name. Yeah, Margaret Cho's in there. You've got Matt Ross from Silicon Valley in mm-hmm. there, getting an ear sewed onto oh, yeah. his head, yes. and he's playing a character called fucking Loomis, who's like has to be the most used name yeah. in movies that doesn't exist doesn't in real life. Doesn't get any lines. I've also. never met a Loomis in real life. No, I can name probably five or six Loomises in movies. Yeah, yeah. Halloween Scream. There we go. That's yeah. two. And also fucking Psycho. I think there was That's one three. in Deadfall that we watched as well. Oh, there's, there's a, a Loomis, Loomis in, in that. Deadfall. Look, they're all Loomis's. Um, Tom Jane's in this. Oh, I love Tom Jane in this. He's got this gorgeous curly mop. Big Tom Jane guy. Yeah. He's one of your guys. Yeah, he's hung. And Henry was telling me <laughs> earlier that he's his favourite actor. I think yeah. that you... I listen... You always say that he's... Someone's one of Alexi's guys. Yeah. Right? Is that a thing? Is that a in joke or is just you? It's true. You're agreeable to everyone being one of your guys. If someone flings me a guy and I and I like him, I'll say, yeah, he's one of my idols. (laughs) 
I based my whole life around fucking Thomas J. What about um, <laughs> what about uh, this Don't guy, John Carroll Lynch? Is he yeah. one of your guys? Oh yeah, he's probably one of your <laughs> yeah, guys for real. Though. Guys. For real, for real. I think he would be one of your guys. He's one of my guys mm. from Fargo and from Zodiac from and Zodiac. from <laughs> Drew Carey Show. Drew Carey's brother from the <laughs> Drew Carey Show. He's awesome. He what directed the, he the marries fucking Mimi in he Drew marries Mimo, dude. <laughs> He found Mimo. <laughs> he found Mimo and married her, dude. He also directed the last um, movie with um, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Lucky. Lucky. Did yeah, he, he direct that? It. Yeah. That's so he's one of your guys, He's too. one of yours because you love directors. I haven't seen Lucky. I love actors. But you, you love, love Harry Dean Stanton. That is, yeah, we mm. had a conversation in the car about Harry oh, Dean Stanton. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, if you're on Grub Watch um, on this movie, Danny Masterton is also on Yeah. Movie. And he gets his ass beat, dude. As a fucking date rapist. Yes. He gets karma. Yeah, pre-karma. <laughs> yeah, pre-karma. I've heard of pre-karma, yeah. but now this guy's getting pre-karma at the hand. It was one. awesome to watch him get bashed. Yeah, it was JT. hectic. Yeah, it was that, so good. That was one of the like interesting tangents. I guess that Caster Troy was just trying to like lay some seed, lay some mm. groundwork for some no good business he was going to get to later on. But to yeah. see him have this like oddly like paternal streak with mm. the um, and there daughter, was something and odd about it. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought because the first time he sees his daughter, it's really sexual. Yeah. He even, like, does a kind of Bugs Bunny thing where he, like, talks to himself. Yeah. He, like, almost turns to the camera and goes, like, geez, Louise, this little girl's hot or whatever. He says something to himself. He like, actually said so swing. I think, I think he, says he the goes, plot thickens. The plot thickens. And then he walks into the a room. The plot thickens and the dick grows. It's very... He calls his dick the plot, by the way. Yeah. And when it gets when it gets turned on, it yeah. does thicken. Mm, yes. The plot does thicken. The plot does thicken up. It happens to all of us. We, Mine um, thins out. <laughs> I've been wor- I've been meditating a lot longer so that it thinner. thins out. <laughs> it just gets longer, but pencil thin by the end. Yeah, <laughs> like a rubber band being stretched, yeah. like Pinocchio telling some fucking fibs, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, mine just thickens but stays soft. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, good or bad? Uh, there is no good or bad. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting either way. In these sorts of things. So it's, uh, oh. Then I actually kind of liked that he almost starts enjoying being a family man mm. it's almost like a bizarre humanizing of the character where yeah. he starts being like i'm gonna fuck the daughter and the wife and i hate the burbs yeah and then by the end he's like coming home and being like mm. fuck i had a hard day at work and yeah. like hugging joan allen and being like i love you and shit yeah. and then helping the daughter with her boy problems i can't i thought that was kind of funny yeah i think this i think there's i think there's a good sense of humor in this especially that he gives her a butterfly knife he's like do you have any protection? And then he gives her a butterfly <laughs> knife instead of condoms. Yeah, yeah. To slice any muscles and penis off. <laughs> Which is the sequel to this <laughs> penis off. <laughs> penis off. <laughs> well, actually, that leads me to a question. Mm-hmm. If um, Joan Allen is yep. having sex with Nick Cage with John Travolta's face, mm. could she. Does that imply to us. That they have <laughs> identical schmances. They're working with the same type. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on They've down got these there? identical Italian stallion penises, dude. That's these why. These stout little Italian <laughs> they the same plot. Yeah. <laughs> Two movies, same plot. <laughs> All Italian actors have the same schmance, dude. Really? Chuck them on, chuck on, um, chuck on dinner at like Kitty and Stallions or whatever the one of, with uh, Stallone. Stallone. Chuck on nineteen hundred. We see Robert De Niro and Gerard Depardieu getting whacked off. You can see the difference between a French and an Italian. You see the difference up on the screen, dude. Yeah, one's uh, one's Brie, one's mozzarella. <laughs> 
That's what's going on there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, what's Kaitel? Jewish. Jewish. So we've seen that Schwanz. So yep. that's exciting too. Yeah, that's cool because she must have she must have just never seen John Travolta's well, dick before. Well, I they, didn't they say they hadn't been intimate for mm, how many months? Six or years, years, probably years? since the death of her son. She says two months. Oh, Too so that's yeah. pretty disrespectful. They've that's been... when he reads her diary. That's long enough <sighs> for like the brain to reset. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, to so. forget what it looks like. I barely, f- I could probably forget what mine looks like <laughs> if I haven't seen it for two months. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think she's also a very respectful lady, Joan Plow. Joan, not Joan Plow, <laughs> the old woman, <laughs> Laura's Olivier's wife, Joan Plowright. <laughs> <laughs> Joan Allen. <laughs> Joan Allen. Joan Plowright is uh, is Dennis the Menace's neighbour. Oh, really? <laughs> Why did that name is? come to mind? Just her name, Joan. I don't know many other Joan actors. Joan Collins? Joan Collins. Well, I didn't know it was her. I didn't say her. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you're saying that Joan Allen is so respectful that she mm. never looks at her she husband's dick. It's too erotic. Or he did that thing. Oh no, mm. that the what's the Jewish thing where they do it through a sheet? Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, then yeah. I think it's a rumor. Then that is exclusive. Oh, is it? I don't know. Is that okay? I'm too scared to look it up. But that <laughs> if he only hung it through the sheet, she would have nothing else to focus on, and then mm. would probably easily detect, be able to decipher mm. the truth. So no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the one plot hole for me. Yeah. And it's it's, and a it's through a one. sheet. It's <laughs> Is <laughs> in a sheet, dude. Yeah. Um, there's I, Alessandro Nivola I loved in this movie as well as mm-hmm. a brother, and that's one thing that stood out to me was like he is one of your guys. Weirdly. He is one of my because guys. Because you, you've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. I think he's a big old slice of white bread. Unforgettable, <laughs> boring, yeah. smeared with fucking spreadable butter, a bit of mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. It. I felt like in, I was like, oh, they're just waiting for Sam Rockwell to come of age. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's very rude. Yes. That's why it hurts because it's true. Mm. It hurts me. It destroys Navola. His confidence is ruined from hearing that. But I think that he's. I think he's interesting in this movie because he feels like he should be in that chain of actors like Nicolas Cage of being it, like the nerd in an action movie, then graduating to becoming the lead of the next one. I think they tried to with him doing um, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park three, three mm. being the hunk in that. But then, like, what Was it he doesn't the hunk? take. Yeah, he's like um, Alan's uh, Alan's little bud. But he's a snake in that because he steals yeah. the eggs. He steals he's the eggs. He's a little shit in that. That's actually snakes do do that. Mm. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, he's a snake move. But then, I, I don't know. He hasn't really done heaps, but he was in this movie last year called Art of Self-Defense with Jesse Eisenberg. He is incredible in that movie. That's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite, but like about toxic masculinity, I would say. It's yeah. really good. You would love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I was meant to see it with you at the Underground Film Festival. Yeah, you would have loved it. You would have had a great day with me that day, but instead you chose to do something else. Also, the, let the viewer <laughs> understand that Alexi's just stated that that is all about toxic masculinity and then like directed my taste <laughs> it as being something that's like to my taste. Yeah, and the reason behind it. that is is because I'm incredibly toxic. Yes, yes. you're yeah, toxic. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. on the verge of a cancellation. <laughs> Is my oh, theme song. Yeah, great song. And I don't say that's a Britney Spears song. I say that's a Pharrell song. I think wow. so too. I yeah. always say that. I always, I I always name the producer. Of <laughs> I, yeah, I name the first male contributor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. yeah always. I say it's an Elvis song because I think he would have killed it if he sung it. He would have been awesome as an Elvis song. Um, let me say a name, a, a name of an actor. Mm-hmm. Cool. Robert Wisdom. 
Who's he? Who's he in the movie? He, um, Robert Wisdom. I never knew this was his name. As soon as I saw him in this movie, I was like, oh, motherfucker, that's Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's, I like him because he's in The Wire. And then I looked him up and I found out his name is Robert Wisdom. Yeah, he's awesome. It's a good name. Tito, his name's Tito Bondi in this movie. That's the coolest name I've ever heard. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting how many. Um, I wish they changed James Bond's name to that. Tito, Tito Bondi. Bondi. Tito Bondi. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I ask you this? Nick, Nick Cassavetes plays mm. Dietrich Hasley in this movie. Yeah. And he plays Gina Gershon's brother. Mm. And they kiss and stuff like that. It's a weird relationship they I have. I loved it. I was so into it. I mean, Nick Cassavetes has this shaved head in this movie. He's like this bald, chrome domey guy. But honestly, for maybe like half a second, maybe even up to five seconds, I thought he was Will Anderson because he looked, they had the same face. (laughs) They had the same face. I was like, wait a second, is that? No, there's no way possible that is. I refuse to believe it was up to five seconds. Maybe like two seconds. That was like how, like you thinking that tidbit could possibly be true is the same way in which I thought I panicked because you guys were before this recording texting me about what's that movie? Bamboozled. Bamboozled by Spike oh, yeah. Lee. Yeah. yeah. And so I got, got confused and panicked and thought that somehow that was the original of this because this podcast <laughs> about reboots. It there's no we shouldn't let ourselves be so stupid, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's we're close enough that we can share our weakness like that. Where we're like, yeah, I can tell you for two seconds I was like, is Will Anderson in this movie? Although it's kind of exciting. A guy to me, that yeah. I know in real life. So letting yourself go to confusion for just a moment mm. is like allowing some kind of magic in. Mm. As uh, I think with wish, the shaped head I Nick wish I had it in me, but I can't. I'm too <laughs> wily. <laughs> yeah, you I got your wits about you. Sitting here sure. with two dunces, and I'm the fucking king of the castle. Okay, dude, chill. All right, but it's a very fucking magnets. How do they work? Type of approach to understanding <laughs> the world. <you> know? <laughs> but I think with the shaved head, I just didn't recognize Nick Cassavetes at all. I was like, who is this? I guy? could never tell you what Nick Cassavetes looks like, and I've seen him in a lot. Of things. Yeah, I thought yeah. he. Would, I honestly thought he was the scientist when I saw his mm. name in mm. build in this movie. I was like, oh yeah, he's the guy who does the face off. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I but he, is he in Rosemary's Baby? No, that's his dad, John Cassavetes. That's John. Yeah, yeah. You oh, can recognize Nick mo- Cassavetes because oh. I'm like, oh, he looks like Jenna Rollins, and John Cassavetes fucked because <laughs> that what is what he is. I let do you know Noon? Yeah, do you know Nathaniel Noon? He like he stitched me up because we were at the um at the Ritz and mm. we saw a trailer for Rosemary's Baby, and he just goes, oh, Nick Cassavetes. And then I didn't wow. follow up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Nicholas that's right. Sparks, that's Nick, Nick Cassavetes, yeah. <laughs> director then, of the Notebook, Nick yeah. Cassavetes. That actually is him." Do you want to hear a, a fun bit of trivia? Always, it's one of my greatest pleasures in you'll, life. I think you'll like it to I have fun really like about movies. Okay, before shooting emotional scenes, John Woo played soft, sad music to help the actors get into character. John Travolta said he didn't need it. He nailed the scene in one take, earning the nickname One Take John. Yeah, I, I read that. I read that, and I want to know who told that fucking story. <laughs> is that him? Snitch, dude. Who's like, is that Travolta announcing that? Is that like some like production sort of like just someone on set who doesn't know what a good story is or what a good nickname is? Some freaking ten dollars. snitch, It's also dude. like two different stories. It yeah. made me start questioning together. Where, where the trivia 
comes from that's mm. inserted into the trivia. So section. much of it is that one especially says it. One hundred and thirty-one out of one hundred and thirty-four people found this interesting. We'll give it another tick from me, dude. <laughs> I found it incredibly insightful give into the great man's work. A big, a big fat thumbs down for me. <laughs> one take, John. I think that one that take that, Johnny, dude. That trivia section needs overhauling to include citations. <clears throat> Definitely, absolutely. Taking the piss, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one take, John. Great nickname for a great man. It doesn't even <laughs> rhyme. If it, he, people should have called him One Take Jake. That's a fun thing to say on a yeah. set. When you yeah. go like, nailed it, I'm a One Take Jake. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Always defer to the rhyme. Mm. Always. Rhymes are always cool. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a great bit of trivia. And obviously, my favorite bit of trivia involves alternative casting for this movie. Okay. Now, you've already yes. mentioned that Stallone and Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. were considered for this. Yes. Do you know about the other names? Uh, no, I actually don't. The other names considered that were thrown around yep. are Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas. Oh, they already are the same. Like, that's not enough. Like, you Yeah, know, they're too similar, perhaps. It, it would have to be like Harrison Ford, like, well, you know, I uh, got throat cancer now, from dude, eating pussy. <laughs> do an impression of Harrison Ford right now. Oh, it's me. Uh, it's true. All of it. Now do Michael Douglas. Well, you know, it's me, Michael Douglas. I've uh, seen uh, Sharon Stone's vagina in a movie. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they're different enough. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Now do Harrison Ford doing Michael Douglas. Mm. And when we say uh, doing, we uh, mean act out (laughs) sex between two of them. Well, uh, you know, Michael, uh, I've always wanted to uh, have sex with you, uh, and I'm so glad it's happening right now. <laughs> I've said that every time I've had sex, too. I'm so glad this is happening. Well, if you're fucking a famous actor like Michael Douglas, you're going to be in awe of the moment. And the guy eats a lot of pussy, which is something we know. Yes. So you can only imagine what he can do with an anus. <laughs> yeah, but if you're Harrison Ford, you don't have to imagine. It's real. <laughs> it's all true. Of it. All of it. <laughs> the other names are... Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. I think, again, mm. like almost two similar yeah. dudes. And I, I heard around this time, one of the <laughs> one of the studio heads was like, why don't we do a black actor and a mm. white actor? Imagine that. Wow. But if they just did blackface and whiteface for the swaps. Wow. How I many mean, years after this was Rush Hour? Uh, oh, you're looking like at Like a half, year or two. Half a decade, you're looking at. Oh, you're looking into solid fiver. I, I reckon, reckon fiver, no, dude. No shit. One year, one year, ninety eight. Yeah. Do you think that's the equivalent rush hour? It should have been those two, mm. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Is anyone else offs. listed? Listed? There's more people. There's um. This feels fake to me. Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. No, I think that's a name floated around, but you, it wouldn't happen. Like it's like uh, Imagine if they did this fucking thing. Watching yeah, like, this again uh, Oh man, this annoys me. The trivia here, it's <laughs> like well, did you just hear this from a com it's it's e- we could sit here and yeah. like hypothesize. Oh yeah. The no, rock we probably and will Zac in the next minute. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's just the rock wearing this tiny Zach Efron stretched around him. <laughs> so his face is tiny, his yeah, body's all stretched out. Zach Efron's got the rock face on, it's loose mm. as I it's think shifting around. <laughs> It's loose. 
his, the wife in that scenario absolutely notices the difference between <laughs> yeah, the, the physical away. presences. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's Joan Allen again. <laughs> oh, yeah. she's great. It's always Joan Allen. God, if I was at a key party, I'd be looking for her keys. This one nice also. <laughs> this one also feels probably not true, but I I could buy it mm. if they've gone for Schwarzenegger and Stallone and other names have been kicked yep. around. Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Ooh. This actually, this plot feels like it could be for either of those actors. Yeah. But also they're very different physically. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes... You, yeah, if you I, but that. I would love to see Steven Seagal do the splits. <laughs> <laughs> Just rip his pants doing the splits. <laughs> um, I think the early, the joint of the... Al Pacino and Robert De Niro one. I was when I was watching this, like, yeah, it would be sick if there was a sequel hit where they did this. But then, why would it be? It would be bad. Yeah, that's why I like it because <laughs> it would be so if stupid. If you want to see a bad Al Pacino, Robert De Niro movie, they they exist. Yeah, Righteous Kill. Yeah, Righteous they Kills. Exist. Out There's only there. one dude. I was going to say the Irishman to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of is this, <laughs> except they cosplay as them younger selves. <laughs> Um, who would you have now? Was we? I remember we mm. did a, a bonus episode where we did Mike Myers yeah. as Doctor Evil and as Austin Powers swapping. Mm-hmm. I think that could be fun, but obviously it's not reality. They wouldn't let it happen. But I don't know who are the two megastars that have like personas. Ben Margera mm. and Steve-O. That would be awesome. Fuck. And instead of the baby getting killed, it's Ryan. <laughs> 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 Do you feel bad for saying yes. that? <laughs> I looked up to those fellas. Yeah, your voice trailed off as you were saying Ryan. Yeah, it's man, so much more personal bad. to just say Ryan and not yeah. a surname as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why, because it really it hurt me to say it. <laughs> but it was funny, I knew I But to. when you're a comedian, you sometimes say things that you don't mean. That's you know? what comedy is. Um, who would, who would I cast? Mm. Well, who are the biggest action stars of today? I mean, I guess John Krasinski. <laughs> I would um <laughs> and Rain Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> or um maybe I'd pick Jason Bateman and Melissa McCartney. McCartney. Oh yes. Oh whoops. Oh dude, what about Ringo and Paul? <laughs> the stolen identity movie. <laughs> From the Beatles. From the Beatles. Oh yeah. I love to play the drums. Just kidding. Guitar. Bass. <laughs> bass, I mean guitar bass guitar. I think um like for real, who would we? For real, for real, for real. Williams, <laughs> Pharrell and Robin Thicke. For real Williams and Robin Thicke. Yeah, and they Pharrell would... Williams and mm. Will Pharrell. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Pharrell Will and Will Pharrell. <laughs> Dude, and that's the poster. Is just like the one of their names, and then mirrored. Yeah, that's yes. cool. Will Pharrell Williams and Will Pharrell. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's it. That's a freaking face-off poster lying down the middle, gradient out, both their heads. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you. I guess you'd probably want Vin Diesel and mm. um, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, that would be good. It's the new Fast and Furious. Yeah, you just have to shave her head and put a wig on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like uh, <clears throat> or John Cena and... Um, yeah, anyone else from Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon Sam Worthington and mm. uh, Jai Courtney, dude. And hmm. then the twist at the end is that they're both Joel Edgerton. Yeah, and you didn't know the whole time. You know who it could possibly be? Edgerton and... Um, Nash. No, and Mendo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Because I have to argue that they're physically... Every, you guys are of the belief that they physically match up these John Travolta's and these... Mm. 
Nicholas Cage's, but he's oh, yeah. got a broader neck. Travolta's like Travolta's thick-necked. pudgy. Yeah, he's thick. He's pudgy. Travolta in this movie. It makes no sense to me <coughs> that they that they're like, yeah, it's a perfect match. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. it's not. They go like, listen, we're gonna, we'll be honest. We're going to give you liposuction. Yeah, they, they basically say that. Did they, they say that? They body shame him. Yeah, they go. We're going to give you liposuction. Just dude. before he goes under, they go, you were going to fucking suck the fat from your yeah. body, but don't worry, we'll put it back. Yeah, one you we're gonna like, oh, actually he's can like, you keep that? Come on. Put the fat back. What boom, if they boom, you're boom, about boom, <laughs> you're about to go under and they're like, We're gonna lengthen and thicken your dick and we're gonna get rid of all Because we've you. looked at his and he's putting you to shame. <laughs> and that yes, that is the one part of Castor Troy that you are allowed to hold on to. <laughs> if you want to. Hold on to it now. Just give it a shot. Get used to it. He's under. <laughs> get used to playing with it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Do you want me to just say some notes I wrote down? You don't have to. We don't have to follow through with mm-hmm. them. I just these are the things that um, yep. tickled, my, tickled me. Um, you have to excuse me. I'm going to the little boy's wee wee room. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. <laughs> yeah. When I noticed that, I thought that's him taking what would be a psycho dramatic scene because he's tripping on drugs and he's infiltrating the gang and turning it into a comedy. Yeah. Set piece, and I think that's funny. Very funny. <laughs> One of the best choices for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Caster, Ass Man, Sean Archer, Face Man. Yes, because he loves to touch the face. Yeah, he loves to touch the ass. And that's symbolic of, I think, Caster. He is all about carnal desires mm-hmm. and the, what happens south of the border, like yes. the butthole and the pussy and, and the, the ball bags area, the and peach, the penis and the stuff. entire peach, the area. peach, the old peach mm, yeah. pit. <laughs> the old Whereas, peach pit of a. Uh, Sean Archer is more of the mind, which is yeah, yeah he loves the face, the mind, the, the, the eyes, soul, which are the, the window soul. to the soul, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why he hasn't fucked his wife in two months because yeah. he's more like I'm actually more spiritual than more you're spiritual giving than me that. credit for. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting over the death of my freaking son, dude. Also, by the way, when he when Nick Cage shoots him on the merry-go-round, and then like later <laughs> in the movie, he's like. Listen, I didn't mean to do it. You should have just killed yourself to get over it or something. Mm. It's like you, what you thought John Travolta was just on a merry-go-round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he thought he was just on a horse, grinding up on a he horse. Thought it by was himself. a real horse. <laughs> I thought you were all riding around in a circle like a rodeo. Yeah, rodeo style. I was confused. I had a mustache. <laughs> I was sipping a coke. It was the eighties. It was the eighties, dude. Everyone was, was on coke. Yeah. Everyone was fucked <laughs> up. It was ninety-one, dude. It was psycho back then. It was a skits, man. It was crazy. Sonic Youth were just coming out. Mm. I was fucking feeling irrelevant. I yeah. didn't connect with the new music. I had to cut. I was. I was. I thought I was a pedophile, so I grew out the moustache. But then I got the crime on the child <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts? Um, I, I wrote Margaret chose. And there's a scene where Margaret Cho like freaks uh, Castor Troy out by going like, "Hey, have you had surgery?" Mm. And he's like, "Oh, what? What are you?" No, that's he goes, uh, oh, and he starts pulling at his collar, yeah. and then she goes, "Yeah, surgery to remove the massive stick out of your ass." Mm. And I thought that is so insensitive because yeah. he has that stick because of his son, yeah. yeah, getting shot in the head, yeah, surgery from getting that sun-shaped stick out of your <laughs> <Yeah>. ass. <laughs> You freaking loser. <laughs> like he'd lose yeah, his up for like two days. Out. That yeah. was really mean. I thought that was a real sidestep. I mean, the mm. movie's full of like tonal tangents. Yeah. Little Boys We Were Room. But I was like, not from you, Margaret. Do you think Margaret Cho, as Duh. a comedian, <laughs> would have been 
annoyed that she had to deliver that line. I think it would have so. been a part of it's like, but this isn't funny. Yeah, and she's like, my character would be funny. My character's this. a comedian my as well. <laughs> my character doing character over does like. gigs after she works at the FBI. She lives in fucking LA. It's easy to just hop she can up jump yeah. up like, anywhere, meltdown. Yeah, fucking go to meltdown, just jump doing up. meltdown comics, dude. Before it closed down. Yeah, she can do fucking the comedy store. She's out there, staying in front of freaking um, the same backdrop. Kramer got cancelled at. Mm. She's out there doing whatever she can. Yeah. And she would... Yeah, I think it would be tough because she didn't sell it. Like, she... You could tell it was hollow, her delivery of that. Yeah. And that's not a criticism of her. It's a criticism of someone making one of the funniest comedians have to do something not so funny. Just (laughs) tell a bad joke in the movie. (laughs) There was enough jokes in it. There was enough big Mm. funny choices being made by these kooky dudes. Yeah. I always assumed that that line where Travolta says... Had this ridiculous face, this ridiculous mm, chin. Yeah. I always assumed that was an ad lib, but I found out from reading a little website called imdb.com. Okay, incident movie data forward slash uh, face slash off <laughs> slash trivia dot mm-hmm. htm that um that was written into the script. And yeah. John Travolta was actually hurt by the line. He called it really? out. Really? He, he was said, a, what what up with this? He was an early adopter of call out culture and he called out that line. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm gorgeous. Out. He said, What the fuck? And they go, It's just it's don't worry about it. It's not it's about humor. you. Everyone in the audience has seen Greece, they know you're hot. I reckon yeah. also again, I reckon like I have my bullshit radar is on high alert with mm. this trivia, mm. but I reckon mm. that was a joke he did on the set. And whoa, wait a second. You tell me what is he like? A ridiculous. dumbass? Does he not understand that Custer Troy is mm. a Luki esque figure who would that character would <laughs> yeah. say something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, also, when there's scenes when they've right up each other's grills with their guns, I'm like, if I was Nicolas Cage, I'd be popping it in that dimple, dude. <laughs> <laughs> popping that little That's gun. That's why in the it's there. Dude. He got shot once. <laughs> it's the ricochet from the sun's head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. What if they gave him an origin story for his dimple like that? Like, like in, in uh, Raiders and yeah. Lost Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ricochet off my freaking skull. off my freaking son's skull. Oh, right on my chin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it electrifying? <laughs> I said, why couldn't you put the chip in the. The bit of my chin? <laughs> How do you live? Fill in the gap. How do you Fill in the, the chin? gap, honey. Why? <laughs> Every time I, every time I hop on a train, I say "mind the gap" to the people next to me. I'm talking about, about my chin, Claire, baby. My chin gap, baby. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. I, I think maybe he might be dumb. Maybe he's dumb. Oh yeah, yeah true. Yeah, I forgot. Of course, yeah, that yeah. Is an it is possible. I think it is possible. Maybe that's part of this. Is this mini series mm-hmm. looking at John Travolta? We have to figure out if he's smart or not. Is he John Travolta or Dom Travolta? Yeah, that's it. Maybe that's a whole bonus episode. (laughs) A little bonus. No, we absolutely pwn him. It's a bonus bonus, dude. We're going to pwn him, dude. That's it. I guarantee you there'll be a Patreon episode where you freaking pwn Travolta, even though I love him. Uh, But that was Face Off. Any final thoughts? Um, It's too long. Mm -hmm. It is. It's too long by half an hour. For half an hour, Henry. Maybe even forty minutes. Um, it's hard to think of it. I don't. I find it difficult to think of as a movie. I was saying mm. in the car with Cameron, because, perhaps because of my history with it and that pressure, I felt to like catch up on yes. it. And it just feels like a. To me, it's like a. Um, it's like a yardstick for masculinity mm. more than it is a movie. Weirdly, mm. um, 
end, I think it's okay. Wow. I don't think it's beautiful, but I think it's cool and I think it's fun to see some big dumb choices get made. I think that's what wise. I like about it is like big dumb choices performance wise. And I think that it's electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that um, if chicks were to watch it, that they would cream? Yeah, I would have to say it would make the chicks cream, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then make the fellas say, tell, tell me, me more, more. Tell me more yeah, about I, this movie. Yes, and we shall go on for another hour from here henceforth. But unfortunately, yeah, we do have to let him. Is it the go. one that you that you want? <clears throat> it is the one that I want. I actually really enjoy this movie. I think that it is a great turning point for us to move on from Nicolas Cage to John Travolta because we've able to see their performances together in this way, where we see John Travolta as this collaborative actor that's brought Nicolas Cage into his performance and like shared that together. And it's a great final chapter for Nicolas Cage because I think it's a totally encapsulating everything that he, we've discussed with him being mm. like this big expressionistic actor that like makes very physical and bold and big choices in his acting. That's all an extension of the interior. And it's like interior as the external. And I think that there's, this is kind of like the perfect Nicolas Cage performance. I think it might be too. And I also think, uh, having thought about it for two seconds just then, mm. that um, if we were to remake it now with a whole new cast, I would only want to do it with Nick Cage and John Travolta again. Mm. And it's a sequel. It's called Face Off Again or something. Yeah, it's called Swap Back. <laughs> more Face like Off. Back. <laughs> swap Back and <laughs> yeah. then Back Again. But this time it's just like a more traditional body swap. Movie. Yeah, their, bodies are, their body types match now. So mm. it's actually yeah, awesome. True. Yeah. And they both probably have the same plug guy for their hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would watch that. You enjoyed it, Henry? Yeah. It's a hoot. It's a hoot and it's you'd root a- to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I set think, piece after set piece. I think the last time I watched it, I may have just done that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> hey, um, this was fun. I uh, have I have a uh, something to put to you. I feel like wow. w- one day in the future mm-hmm. we should explore one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. I know that this comes to a close, mm. and um, that's a shame because it would have been fun if I'd got my act together. But the the David Gordon Green movie Joe, I Ooh, think, is yes. worth looking at as a late era Nick Cage where um, someone else with a voice, someone else who's a director with a voice... Your favourite director, David Gordon He's my favourite director, who mm. is able to craft a performance out of Nicolas Cage that uh, in, in, like reduces his outbursts down to like a few mm. key, moments key moments that I think um, demonstrates that d- he does have a more interesting, more subdued version mm. of a, um, a man in there mm. on film. Um, yeah that isn't often explored because I think often, especially late era, most of the work he's uh, stepping up into is so story-driven mm. that I'm sure that when they're making these movies, however long they have, they don't have much space in the edit to um, make a movie that could afford to drop scenes or could yes. afford to include other scenes without like decaying it into plot hole territory. Whereas this movie, Joe, which was made in 2013, is a like a Southern Gothic sort of, slowly plotted exploration of uh, of masculinity again mm. um but it is largely improvised and mm. i think that uh, in listening to the david gordon commentary on it he uh, explains that there was a uh, he gave nick a lot of rope on the set but i think in doing so also left and was able to edit um much more subdued material yeah. into the film there's two really funny um anecdotes about Nick Cage making choices on that movie. Mm. He said that uh, in pre-production, 
Cage called him and was like, hey, man, um, I got an idea, I got an idea. Can we do a scene where I can be standing naked in my backyard playing the pan flute? Whoa. <laughs> and David Gordon Green said no to him. Oh. But I think it's interesting to hear that kind of story because mm. it might be reflective of the way in which Nick Cage approaches a lot of his work mm. um, on all these other movies. And they're movies where possibly it's a... Yeah, a lot of them you see like their first time directors or their yeah. people who used yeah. to do stunt work so who have moved say, into yes. directing. Mm. I think he's like being the um, recipient of a lot of yeses. Yes. Um, cause there's another part in the movie where he's hanging out. Nick Cage's character is spending a lot of time with Ty Sheridan, mm. the young actor who was in um, Tree of Life and everything. And Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he um, is explaining to him just how to look how to make a cool face yep. how to make a cool guy looking face yeah. mm. and that was also a pitch from Nick Cage to wow. David Gordon Green and he was like is so there I'm a scene where I can <laughs> is there a scene where I can explain how to make a cool face yeah. and David Gordon Green was like yeah that fits the story go for it yeah. mm. um, so I think that could be a cool one that's pretty mm. fun it's, I remember uh, really liking that movie it's late Cage I haven't seen it late era but uh, like I was saying I think in text or whatever it's a film where his career like overlaps with an auteur mm. um, rather than just being like a rush through production mm. that um, I put that to use one day. Yes. One day. Love to do that. And then also we could do a, um, a reboot type episode because a remake type episode, because my genuine favorite David Gordon Green movie, Prince Avalanche, mm. which is a two hander with mm. Paul Rudd and Emil Hirsch, is I f- I've forgotten this for the longest time. It's a remake of like an Icelandic film. Really? And I've never been able to get a copy hmm. of that Icelandic oh, wow. film and I'd love to watch it. And I feel like yes. Meeting of the Worlds, we could take what we used to do, yes. blank slate stuff. Mm. We could get that. We could try and track down that Icelandic yes. film. It's very hard to get. We could get that. We could watch my present day favorite movie, yeah. Prince Avalanche, and we could do a little episode, two episode series around that. So that I, I plant the seeds of that idea to, for us Ooh. to get together and do maybe John Leguizamo stuff. One day. <laughs> 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 the lay in, lay in the pot. Sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I had no idea Prince Avalanche was a remake. Yeah, I'm it's it's such a peculiar little indie film Ooh. you think, oh, that would have just been a little idea that David Gordon had kicking around. Yeah. But he's a guy who just is so he just wants to tell make stories and I, he's not like hung up on yeah. self-generating material. I think he's like very um at peace with the idea of authorship being yeah. present even in taking someone else's script to screen. And he's more mm. mainstream work as well, like yeah. Halloween or like um, uh, Hi- Your Highness Your and stuff Highness. like that. <laughs> the Sitter. Yeah, yeah. I love David Gordon Green. I had no idea. Yeah, we'll, we have to do that. I'll track down that movie for us. Uh, that's sort of the yeah. whole reason why I've pitched that is because I just want you to use your physical My media s- skills yeah. to find that <laughs> to fucking find movie. To find a copy of it with English subs. It is a nightmare to yeah. try and get that movie, but it would be a f- it's a fun little treasure hunt. Yeah, I'm very keen because I love Prince Avalanche. Yeah, I love so it actually, so much. actually the greatest gift of your friendship to me was showing me that movie. The yep. greatest gift of your friendship to me was when you showed me your Prince Albert. <laughs> 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 Which all of us have seen. It's a rude Even story. Even probably the, the listeners of this show have definitely seen it. It's a rude story, but I that movie, the me discovering that movie is sort of tied up in showing someone else my Prince Albert. I've never, <laughs> I put I, like genuinely before Netflix and Chill ever became mm. memeified. I did invite someone who I was seeing at the time over to just to put on anything, and there was that, and we turned it off to show them your penis. <laughs> well, that that's Emily, stage one. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm having a viewing of my penis. <laughs> and we, t- we turned it off and I didn't return to it for like three years after Your that. Your penis? Well, the penis <laughs> was like turned Joan off. Joan Allen. 
<laughs> wow. So you, you you saw Prince Avalanche while planting some seeds John Leguizamo style. Yes, sir. Reborn. Wow. So, Ganel. Sorry uh, for ruining a beautiful suggestion just now. but um, Speaking of John Leguizamo and Prince Avalanche, I would be remiss to not to say that Freaking Paul Rudd and Mule Hirsch would be great as Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually look like them in that movie. They're wearing overalls and little caps. That could be a Mario and Luigi. Let's do a three episode. We do Prince Avalanche, we do the original, and we do the Super Mario movie. And then we do your Prince Albert as well. Yeah, we'll okay. just talk about Review that. Review it. <laughs> Thanks for doing the pod, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for joining back. us, Henry. We fun. love you very much. It's always so good to pod with you. We did 50 episodes with you. We did Was probably 150 without you. So mm, mm. on to 150 more. Did you make 200 for week. a blank slate? Or we never? did. Yeah, did we you? did. Yeah. One of my proudest moments. Fuck. Yeah. And on the <laughs> and final <laughs> episode, we finally like real... both had diarrhea together. <laughs> I feel like a real deadbeat dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, just let the record show, we do hang out with Henry pretty much just as much as we did back in the blank slant days. But um, we do not do it on the record. Yeah. It's strictly off the books. You're still our dearest friend. Do you have anything you want to direct the, the Slater Babies and yeah, the Reboot Rats to? Just mm. watch, if you get the chance, watch Joe. Mm. I'd recommend it. What about some of your work as a director? Um, I'll watch Inside Aaron, probably the only yes. good COVID themed comedy. Henry, love you. You better leave you. Okay, I hate I to leave, yeah. watch you go, but mm-hmm. I love to, to watch, watch you walk you, away. Yeah. Watch you leave. Joan Look. Allen style, mm-hmm. dude. He says that to Joan yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He never grabs her ass. Yeah, he's got too much respect for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get out of here, guys, and Jump. you better not grab... Henry has left the building. <laughs> Another and quote from the movie. <laughs> the <laughs> and now that he's gone, we can finally talk about shit that we want to talk about. Yeah, so we can finally gossip, honey. Mm. Cameron, what do you got going on this week? Well, in Sydney on August 14, myself and Ben Elwood are screening Cats mm. at the Hayden Orpheum. <gasps> uh, my favourite cinema. Your favourite cinema, my favourite movie, and one of our favourite dudes. Yes, Ben Elwood. Tom Hooper. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben and I spent seven episodes talking about that movie. You were part of one of those. It is so good. Wise Cats is on Sands Pants as well. It's on Sand Pants. And uh, we... Uh, now hosting a screening. We're not going to talk over it or heckle it or anything. Yep. Well, that's not strictly true. We're not going to talk over it. Yes. It's we're, not a commentary. No, we're going to intro it and then we're going to sit down and watch the movie with the audience. But what we want is for people to be joyous, mm-hmm. to have fun, to heckle if you want to heckle, yep. to laugh at it if you want to laugh, to hiss, to howl, to dance, to prowl. <laughs> All the shit that kitties do. Yeah. Enjoy it. So that's on August 14 at the Hayden Orpheum with Ben Elwood. And that's all I have to plug. It will be socially distanced for those of you who are asking. Because I know a lot of people like us, you're cinephiles, you're dying to get back to the cinema, you might have some trepidations. Mm. This would be a, probably a fun, interactive way to go that would be quite safe for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be sitting right up against somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to put a box of popcorn on your lap and hope that someone reaches in and plays mm. around with what's going on down you gotta there. you got to bring them with you. Yeah. It has to be someone you know or you have to really um, lather up with some fucking sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. sanitizer. Bring sanitize it. and butter in mm. that popcorn. Absolutely. For the cinephiles listening, I would also direct you to Myth Online. It's happening this weekend. If you're in Australia... I think it's geo-locked to Australia, but it's the Melbourne International Film Festival. It has gone online this year. Mm. Uh, there are some great movies on there. First Cow, 
is sold out as the opening night film, but there's some other great ones. One that I'm interested in is Wendy, which is the same director as... Um, What's that movie called? Uh, this it's kind of like apocalyptic, and it's um, apocalypto. Apocalyptic, but it's uh, in America. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Uh, it's his take on the Peter Pan myth. Right. So I think reboot yeah, fans yeah, yeah, would be yeah. interested in seeing like what an auteur director's take on mm. a Peter Pan myth would be. Maybe one day, if it's interesting, we'll do something with that on like weirdo Peter Pan movies. Because I'm dying to talk about fucking Hook on this podcast one day. <laughs> I'm dying to talk about, uh, I think it's called uh, Leaving Neverland. <laughs> that sounds like a crazy weirdo take on the Peter Pan movie. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking about Finding Neverland too. Johnny Depp, another cancelled fella. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check out Myth. I think that if you're missing going to the cinema, you can go see Wise Cats. And that'll be so fun. If you want to watch something at home this weekend, Myths on this weekend. Yeah, and if you want to watch something else at home this mm-hmm. weekend, I recommend just picking up a book and watching those words fly by your mind. Yeah, you said that because I just bought a book today, didn't you? <laughs> That's where you got the thought from. <laughs> Accuse me of never reading? Yeah, I've got a book. Well, are you excited to read it? Yes, it's a reread. It's okay. a reread. I what book is it again? Um, no Reservations by Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's right. I couldn't yeah, find my yeah. copy that I've had since high school, mm. and I was desperate to read it again, so I just bought it. That's cool. I'm reading Rum Punch. Oh, mama. By Elmore Leonard, a.k.a. Yes. Jackie Brown. And I like reading it because it feels like I'm watching the movie. And it's exactly the same as the movie. Like There are lines from it. It's great. It's awesome. I keep seeing a beautiful Max Cherry old man. Oh, yeah. You got him pictured. You got him pictured. I keep seeing beautiful old Del Robbie. I keep seeing beautiful Jackie. She's called Jackie Burke in the book. That's the only difference. Okay, that's the main difference. That's the main difference. So that throws me a little bit. I get angry. I've been taking a pen. Crossing it out, mm. replacing it with brown. Well, that's actually the, the no reservations issue that I've got. It's got handwritten notes by Bourdain in it. Oh, my so God. So it's a bit like that where he just goes like, yeah, I didn't know jack shit even back then. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's one of the little sentences I just read. Oh, that's very cool. Um, also, if you want to hear more from us, you can head over to patreon.com slash total reboot and support us there. Just five bucks a month so it gets you a bunch of bonus content. Mm. We've got about 50 episodes of a bonus podcast on there. Uh, full of like lots of rift episodes where we make up our pitches for other ones, bonus episodes tied to mini series and mega series. Mm. We currently are doing a thing called Total Respect where we pick an act and talk about four beloved performances from their career. And we are about to record part two of a Nicolas Cage one. Yeah. So if you want a little bit more Cage and you're going to miss him while we're going into Revolta, you've got access to a bunch of Cage shit over on Total Respect. And we've been doing some things that have been really fun, and we're going to do another one eventually uh, where we have been doing kind of like not exactly... Uh, <laughs> how do I say it? We've been kind of hosting screenings mm. online mm. where we'll either pick a movie to watch together with the Patreon subscribers, and then we all are just on text talking on like a chat room, mm-hmm. a chat room screening. We've done The Matrix, we've done The Mummy, and then we presented a couple of Nicolas Cage films where we got on camera uh, with the help of our friends at Static Vision, and uh, they've been doing awesome screenings as well. And we did like a fun Nicolas Cage double screening. Um, that we hosted and it felt like performing again back in the real world. So it was really fun. We planned to do some more stuff like that because, you know, we made a pledge we'd do some more live shows this year and that ain't going to happen. Why is that? There's this 
crazy shit going on. A bit of a scamdemic <laughs> where people are trying to pull the wool over yeah. our eyes yeah. and say that there's some shit going on, but mm. really... I don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't have a bar of it. No, I won't even have half a bar of it. Yeah, I've not even bought up for all year because of this shit. People Same. like that much. My dick's going on strike. <laughs> Till the scamdemic is over. Yeah, dude. My fucking son may have died six years ago. That's how little I've been borrowing up. <laughs> Take the scar off me. Chuck it back on at the end. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to tr- do some more stuff like that over the internet, some more streaming stuff. So yeah. the be- you get access to that if you join, uh, join the Patreon. It's a good way to support us as well. Uh, so we really appreciate everyone that does. And... Um, you know, we love you very much. Yeah. To all our listeners, not just the Patreon subscribers, to all our listeners, uh, you've been a great community for us in the last few years. I'm feeling nostalgic because Henry just left and it was like, it was genuinely so nice to hang out, the three of us, mm. and pod together for the first time in fucking ages. Mm. So it was, um, I feel very nostalgic and very grateful to all our beautiful listeners that have given us a wonderful career in podcasting. Thank you for sharing that. And now as a counterbalance, I will say some of you Maybe assholes. Some of you might. I be. don't know. Some don't of you know. though, you may be pieces of dog turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.